everyone, welcome back to your favorite podcast, Gab with Gwen. This is your girl, Gwen. This is episode 46, and I have two guests, two MVPs back here, not in the building because it's Corona times, uh, Miss Slim and Miss Trinity. Say what's up. Hey, y'all. Hey, everybody. So we, you know, look, people, y'all are at home, apparently suffering with you, with your families, and we wanted to keep the entertainment going, the conversation going, <laughs> as people have more time. And, you know, there's still stuff to discuss aside from the pandemic. So some a topic that actually I've been trying to t- discuss for a while, but it just hasn't happened when I've actually recorded both with Slim and Trinity separately, uh, and we're all interested in, is the ADOS movement. Um, I don't know if it's ADOS, ADOS, it's A-D-O-S which stands for American Descendants of Slavery. Um, And a lot of you guys are like, probably, what is that? But look, there's a lot going on, the Black social media, Black Twitter, that goes under people's radar, but it's very popular. And it had different implications why it's been bubbling up for the last couple of years. So it's a pro-reparations group, apparently, and it's also attacking like black progressives, and and so there's questions about it 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 being something that actually helps to promote the right wing agenda, even though it's calling itself progressive. So it is basically. I'm just gonna do a little background on it, and then you guys will chime in, of course. So basically, mm-hmm. it's campaigning for reparations for black people um actually before i say that does everyone know what reparations are i do go ahead girl what's reparations well they they want to give i don't want to say cash but they want to repay people or descendants of slaves who actually built this country for free that's how i view it so it's a payment of some form to compensate for our free labor Right, to make amends for the wrongdoings. Yeah, yeah, basically. And in the, like, Japanese internment, like, you know, at one point they did did intern uh, uh, Japanese Americans in the U.S. during World War II, they did give them, like, money afterwards to say, hey, this was wrong. Mm -hmm. So it's Mm -hmm. technically been done. People can say that the state of Israel is a reparation Yeah, that, you know, Germany still pays some sort of reparations. You're like you, you you got land uh, to call your own because of that. So um, African-Americans have been wanting reparations for a long time. It's a conversation that's been going on. And this particular group uh, really stresses that the benefits should only be given to American slavery descendants. And that means like aside from reparation, anything that happens in America should only be for American descendants of slavery. Uh, so it doesn't matter if it's an affirmative action and like black immigrants should not have any access to affirmative action. Um, neither should any Asians, Latinos, women, any quote unquote minority groups. The only people who should basically get anything is ADOS. And it's also apparently a group that's pro-Trump. Where is the pro-Trump connection really? coming from? Listen, I'm about to I'm about to text both of you this article. So so um it's 
it's confusing to me because you know well, Amer- I don't know. Go ahead. I get I get that. Okay, because Trump is anti anti immigrant. So yes. I think, and I think I've heard Trump say like um, immigrants are taking jobs away from low skilled black Americans. So maybe that's where the connection comes from. I can see that. Yeah. So how do you ladies feel about this? Cause I feel like there's a lot of different ways this has come up, right? There's the anti-immigrant piece. There's the, to me, the separation of, black people in America like um, dividing to me like the black experience in America and also this also came up honestly I'll, I'll give you some other it's come up as a criticism of Barack Obama and Kamala Harris because they're not deemed to be black you know, it, you know the things get right. confused right because people are saying well they're not black well Okay, first of all, they are black, right? A lot of people can be black and not be African American, right? But um, right. there's just a lot of criticism of the two of them and saying that you know it's a scheme and they hate them and blah blah blah. So, well, maybe maybe black Americans don't like how the black experience is just generalized, like how we get all lumped together. Well, we know it's a broad umbrella of of black. So I, I guess so. Does it? But okay, so a certain degree, does it make a difference? Is it because I've we've actually we've had an episode racism has no pedigree mm, where I love that episode yeah we we've had an episode about that where if you get pulled over the cop is not going to be like hey are you a descendant of slavery from America <laughs> right or right, right. It, like you know and when you're at work are they saying like oh in the, you know is it what is the distinction that black people think because I'm telling you whatever white person is listening to this episode has a lot of question marks over their head right now. Well, white people see us all as black, number one. But I think within the black community, like you have your Southern blacks, you have your West Indian blacks, and then even like Northern blacks don't think they're the same place as like Southern blacks. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, I, you know, listen, black community is divided, period. Yeah, and then if you also look at colorism, that's another way that the black community decides, you know, divides itself. Which is true. But how do you think this, you know, in 2020, and this has been like more 2019, I heard this more, uh, like really pop up this whole ADOS thing. And literally, I see it all over social media. Like I'll see when they were, when it was Kamala Harris, they were dragging her. She shouldn't be a candidate because she's, you know, She's, you know, not black. Well, first, that well, I think has a lot of different layers to it. Well, is it, or was it also because she was, what, what was she like, um, a prosecutor? That, so she was a prosecutor, but I don't think that was, they, they felt that she did things that hurt the black community and she's not an ally, but all, at the end of the day, they said she's not black. Her mother's Indian, her father's Jamaican, so she's not black. And let's be real. Let's. I think we need to just be really real about the one drop rule. Like in the black community, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. we we embrace it. Uh, like if you're biracial or if you're not or if you're light skinned because you don't have to be actually biracial to be fair skinned. Uh, right. You're still black, and even you're you're still black. And all my DNA testing, I have very light skinned cousins who are like ninety percent African. Like it's it's very sometimes the color thing is just a separate thing. So right. like black is a very inclusive 
you know, we know black people come a lot of colors and shades. Right. right? But so then why is Kamala not back? Trinity, I feel like you need to speak on this. <laughs> well, I would really want to have some perspective on it just because I'm coming from the same place that you are, Glenn. You know, Jamaicans are black to me. I don't see where there's a difference. I can get that there are cultural and heritage differences between, you know, Caribbean blacks, American blacks, whether it be North or South, um, actual South American, like blacks in Brazil, blacks in Mexico. There are differences, but at the end of the day, we're all black. We all have that African heritage. So I don't see what gives these folks with this perspective the right to have it. I, maybe it's because they think the stain of slavery, um, the stain of slavery, like, makes them more black. I don't know if that makes any more makes sense. See, this is the thing that confuses <sighs> me. Go ahead, Trinity. Go ahead. <laughs> well, because I'm going to say slavery existed outside of this continent. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what... I don't see where that difference would lie. Slaves in the South here in America were getting whipped, were getting chained up, were getting belittled, were getting raped. The same was happening to slaves in Jamaica. Yeah. So where is the difference? Yeah. Yeah. It is. um, So I I think a couple of things. When we look at America, look, America is a big country and the most black people in this world with most wealth are in America, like from America, mm-hmm. it's just what it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the black American experience, African-American, whatever, it doesn't matter. Black American, African-American experience is told often through movies, media rappers, you know, and that's exported outside. So a lot of times the, the, the only history or any notion people have of, what blackness is, is like, okay, slave movies, you know, like every damn black movie is about a slave movie. Yeah, or the black American right. experience. Yeah, the, the black American experience. Or it's feed the children African babies with flies flying on them, right? These are the two things that you see about black people or Nigerian scammers on 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, you know what? Trevor Noah had like, um, he did some stand up and he was talking about like the different sort of blacks. And he said like the coolest sort of black is the black American. And I know that probably sounds crazy to white people, but when I started thinking about it, I was like, oh, okay, because we have the hip-hop culture, we have the jazz culture that's kind of been marketed throughout the world. But would the black American hip-hop culture exist without the Caribbean children that helped create hip-hop? That's true, that's true. Yeah, so it's it's nuanced because Mm -hmm. a lot of people, like, the Bronx, you no know, hip hop. Everyone knows started in the Bronx, and the Bronx has a very large West Indian Caribbean population. And the actual mechanics of hip hop, like, are derived from like what people call West Indian chanting. Like, it's a lot of the derivation of things that are from Caribbean, and it's just because African Americans and West Indians and Puerto Ricans. I got to give Puerto Ricans props in that in hip hop too. Yeah. They yeah. were foundational, like just culturally being the Bronx and New York culture, which is not just African-American at all. It's, you know, African-American, West Indian, and Puerto Rican. Mm -hmm. So hip hop is really from the foundation of New York culture of this mix of, you know, 
people of African descent. So, but at the end of the day, like, look, Hollywood, Americans, Hollywood, and so the money's behind it, the images that are exported are that, right? Because a lot of times I've seen people, they'll refer to someone who was, like, born in Germany is like African American. I'm like, wait, hold up. They they German. So like black does not mean African American. Like that's mm-hmm. a specific pe- every black person is not from America. So let's be clear, every black person is not from America. And but people associate this black Amer- black and African Americans mean the same thing, which it's not. Which which is not, right? So black is wider where anyone can be black. We're all descendants of Africa, but there are different cultures, but ultimately American culture is the one that's exported the most and so and that's what is on tv and if we outside of black people itself if you live in asia if you live in europe if you live in the midwest wherever and you live in a rural community and you don't have a lot of exposure to black people the way you know black people though is through entertainment because Mm -hmm. that's where we're allowed that's the only industry that we're quote unquote allowed to thrive to be honest whether it's sports or if it's movies, uh, even though we feel like there are barriers, it's still the one place where Black people have the most permission to be visible. Yeah, the most visibility. So, and so by default, you're going to see African-American narratives. Because what was, I remember seeing like cool runnings or something and it was like a bunch of Americans. I was like, the accents were awful. <laughs> okay. Because I was like, Terrible. these are not. They were watered down. Yeah. No, no, they were trash. They were straight up trash. Okay. <laughs> Um, because it's like, oh, you're black, let's just stick you in there, right? So um, where, you know, the culture is different, the accent is different, it's not authentic. So I, I think we need to recognize that there is a privilege in terms of the export of American culture, period, especially mm-hmm. black culture around the world, where that is what not, has defined what blackness is. And that's, to me, not fair, because mm-hmm. there are a lot of different images. So like when City of God was very popular, uh, which is a Brazilian movie. I love to see Afro-Latino images because there were more, the most slaves in the Western Hemisphere who were who came from Africa went to Brazil. Right, it wasn't even right, America. Right. And we just like ignored that. And slavery existed in Brazil longer than it did in America. Right. So like, and, and, and so I feel like people are taken away from like their, the diaspora, which is, and I know, look, it's just American culture. Look, nobody cared about Corona till it got here. Let's be real. <laughs> it's just how we are. Um, and it's the same thing here where it, I think it's this whole Eidos thing is tricky because some of the stuff is coming from a place of not understanding, I think, the world. But let, let's keep it real, though. I, I want to I peel this back, though. Mm-hmm. Part of the argument is that they feel that black people, like, first of all, Latinos don't even acknowledge they black, which is I true. think that's a big issue, yeah. Which is true. Yeah. I would say yeah. it's true. <laughs> this is a lot of time yeah, Latinos yeah. don't, don't want to acknowledge blackness, right? And they feel right. Latinos, and they feel Latinos look down on them and look down on, you know, black people in general, whether or not you're, don't matter, <laughs> just in general. Also feel like Africans and West Indians feel like they're better than African Americans yeah. and come with the attitude. Yeah, so, I think so too. Flip side, African yes. Americans feel like uh, y'all West Indians, Caribbeans, y'all think you too good and you so rude and you think you better than me and you Africans. So I'm gonna pause. pause I mean, there. we're divided amongst ourselves. Miss Trinity, thoughts? <sighs> yes, we are divided amongst ourselves, but I guess the 
bigger question is why? Why have we chosen to allow that division to happen? Uh, you why know, don't I we think, just look I at it on that broad spectrum and just say we are all one? I think it's just human nature. Because we always like to divide ourselves. But human nature under the influence of whose imperialism who? or colonialism, I'll give you that. Right. Like we've all so kind of felt When do we let that go though? But my thing, it's like been ingrained in us for what generations and generations. So hopefully we've reached this enlightened period that we can call it out. But I definitely don't think we're there yet. If we're it's saying Kamala not. Harris isn't black. Right. Or, but they were giving Cory Booker a hard time about his blackness. So, because they said he was cheesy. <laughs> I think they just kind of think he's like Uncle Tomish more than anything else. Uh, I mean, um, because I say, wait, wait, like, I know when Kamala Harris was dancing to what some Cardi B song, everybody's like, oh, Lord. I, I feel like a lot of issues are getting conflated here. So, just how I see it. I think, damn, I, I probably should have someone who's African on here, but we can talk about another time. I yeah. think, I, I think that the, the relationships are interesting and they've evolved over time. If you, if you ask black immigrants, so I think Afro-Latino, Caribbean, West Indian, or Africans, a lot of times those who have been here for a long time, they were made fun of by black Americans, by mm-hmm. African-Americans for their accents, for their culture, mm-hmm. for their food. They'd be called African booty scratchers, whatever. They would, you know, no, for <laughs> I've real. never heard of that. I know. I, they, that's a big New York diss, if you will. Okay. Oh, is that a New York thing? Okay. <laughs> yes. I heard that growing up, right? Um, I wasn't called African booty scratcher, but I heard people being called that. So I do think, you know, the dominant culture in America is American and Anybody outside of blackness, like if you're Asian or blah blah, you're going to get made fun of, right? And and within black community, in the black community, African Americans, yeah, there were people, you know, being made fun of, and so there's a pressure to assimilate and not, you know, and be a part of the dominant culture, right? At that same token, uh, these same images that are exported in the media, whether or not it's slavery, blah blah blah, but it's also gangster, right? So. Mm-hmm. Thug mm-hmm. life, anything you watch on the news is black people who are going to jail, who are murderers, rapists, you know, prisons in America were only 13% of the population and definitely right. over like what, 60%, 70% right. of the damn inmates. So let's not be unclear that the images that are exported and some of the statistics are not great for the African-American community. And let's see, listen, there are definitely West Indians in that too. I'm not going to lie because I have cousins who've been deported. So, yes, mm-hmm. okay. So, definitely. Look, <laughs> let's, let's be real. But I'm saying overall, right? So those same images though are are exported to Africa, the constant different countries and West Indians. And so some of those people who don't have any experience with people outside of their culture, they come here and have a negative image of African-Americans. I, I think mm-hmm. that's true. And mm-hmm. then the interactions are not always positive either. You know, African booty scratcher, all this type of stuff have not, you know, the they haven't always been positive in terms of being feeling embraced by the African-American community. So these groups then kind of stay insular to themselves. And, you know, they also are prideful cultures. I will always say West Indians, oh my God, awful people. I love us, but yeah, awfully super proud, super proud. And Africans are too. And 
I'm going to cut it one more way. West Indians and Africans, I feel like West Indians, we're like in the middle between like the beef sometimes between Africans and African-Americans because we are descendants of slaves. So like Mm -hmm. we have a very shared history with African-Americans, but the difference is that our countries are predominantly black, which I think gives you a certain pride and a certain um, feeling. Sense of empowerment or? Yeah. Sure. Environment that African-Americans cannot relate to. Right. Because you don't know what it's like to be like, it, it's one thing to be in a black neighborhood that's like downtrodden, blah, blah. And you're in a poor black country, but you also see your teachers are all black. The doctors are black. Like everyone's black. So you know that there are, you know, you can be other things where a lot of times if you're black in America, like, and even the, if you're even in the deepest ghetto, all your teachers are white. All the doc you like, you literally don't see anyone like you yeah, in any. A broad spectrum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said a lot. What do you guys think of that? It's, I mean, it's true. But I, I, I'm just wondering why, like, I'm still stuck on Kamala Harris. Like, why wasn't she embraced? And I guess that that falls to this ADOS movement, right? And this, this little subset of Black America that are the gatekeepers of Blackness from purporting <laughs> themselves to be. That could be the episode title, Gatekeepers of Blackness. That might be the episode title. Well, I guess the question is, how do you define Black? So tell me, how do you define Black? Well, I, look, I'm, I'm from the old Southern school of the one drop rule. So I also adhere to the one drop rule. I, yeah. I do. 100%. If it's in your blood, then that's what you are. Yeah. But I think, and I don't know if it's just my privilege, I don't think that boxes me in on having to behave a certain way to claim my blackness. I agree. Of course not. Definitely agree. Yeah. But I know growing up, a lot of people would be like, oh, you're trying to act white. I'm like, no, I just speak the king's English. This not acting black or white. That's just speaking English. So... Okay, so I feel like there's a lot of layers to this whole onion, right? Because I feel Mm -hmm. like we have the purveyors of blackness, right? The the gatekeepers of blackness who are saying that, you know, you have to, I think it's to be African-American descent, right? Because Kamala was born in America, so she is by default American. Right. But the, I guess I feel like culturally she wasn't a descendant of American slaves, so that means she's not black, although she is a descendant of slavery. So let's let's be clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. then because her mom is Indian, but that's stupid because I I know they're not going to say Alicia Keys is in black, Faith Evans is in black, like every fucking person, Holly Berry, every person who's revered in Hollywood is biracial. Tracy Ellis Ross, mm. like most of the the images of black women in Hollywood are biracial women. If we want to keep it funky, yeah. I, I feel like a lot of times when um, a black person reaches a level of success, success they say you sell out. So I don't know if that kind of like you sell out. You're not you're no longer black. Like they say, Steve Harvey, he's a sellout. He's. So I've I never heard them like, call Steve Harvey a sellout. Yeah, well, I know I heard Steve Harvey complain about it on his um, radio show. I mean, Kamala, she was a prosecutor. Her husband's white. I, I think she has just in terms of what people think are like being down 
she's not. And, you know, they feel like she's prosecuted a lot of black people and had, I guess, hard stances on drug sentencing. Um, mm-hmm. But if, did you know she dated Montel Williams? Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> There's some pictures of her on a red carpet with him back in the day, I think in the early 2000s wow. or late 90s. Uh, yeah, Montel Williams, which number one, uh, I didn't know he dated a black woman, but that's not the story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but do you think that Kamala would have got as much ire as she did if she was a man? Mm. Because we allow black men to have white wives and still claim on yeah, to their blackness. That's a good point. Ooh, y'all, y'all yeah. going deep today. Yeah, because <laughs> a black woman got to hold down the black race, and then the black guys can just do whatever the hell they want. Apparently, yeah, black women have to live and die on the hill of blackness, and you know, fall back on making sure that we uplift black men. But, you know, I think a narrative that's being purported as of late is why do we have to continue to do that if they're not doing the same for us? Right, right. You said a word. Um, <laughs> sure, that's a good point. I agree. I think it's layered. I, I, you're, I think that's an excellent point. If, well, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I mm-hmm. think that's true. In her case, though, who do we have who's a black male politician who's married to a white woman. The first person I think of is Clarence Thomas, which may not be Oof. a good equivalent. Try not the best one. <laughs> yeah. Next. That's probably not the best one. Um, yeah, no, I do think she probably is being given more slack. But did she help herself? Didn't she go on like the breakfast club and something and joke about smoking marijuana? She did? So, yeah, she, she did. She did yeah. Of, yeah. So well, I'm sure that, they didn't take lightly to that. So that I think that has more to do it. Like she, you're you were this hardcore prosecutor, and then when you run for president, you want to make like you're down with like the progressive side of the party. I I don't think they like that pandering. I mean, but that's how. That's the same thing they said about Hillary, who was going around to different black outlets or anything like that. Like when they're on these press runs and doing these press junkets, they go to each of these shows and, you know, to, to get visibility to these audiences that they yeah. don't normally connect with and they try to connect. Well, you know, it's just like when a politician goes to Harlem and they have lunch at Sylvia's with Al Sharpton. I'm just like, oh, Lord, stop. Stop. Like, I don't need that. You don't have to do all that. Tell me how you're going to clean up the water in Flint, Michigan. Well, but this is, listen, it's not how Trump is president. America's high school. It's a likability contest. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think maybe African-Americans feel like when, when I see somebody do that, it's just like, you're tr- you don't have, like this pandering. I don't like it. Give That's me a question. Some... Hold up. Do you feel like Obama pandered? Um, a l- yeah, a little, a little. I don't. I can't and black people like, loved it. He did pander. I, I yeah. think. I do. Listen. I love. I love Obama. I literally have a photo of Obama in my house. Like I love Obama. On on. I will die on the sword for him in a lot of ways. But you know what? I read. A, but he did pander. He did pander. But then he had Michelle Obama, a real African queen. Like I think if he had a white <laughs> wife, would that pandering go so well? Uh, well, okay. We had two things. He had his wife who were people 
look, this Ados thing wasn't around when he was nominated uh, and subsequently elected. And I do, and, and and honestly, who's the one with the bad perm? Jesse Jackson Ooh. and Al, <laughs> sorry, Reverend Al. They were also saying similar things about Obama mm-hmm. that he's not an American African. I saw this type of rhetoric at that time. Right. And they were like, mm. uh, his wife is the one who should be the president. She's the real, you know, she's the real, um, you know, she's the real black woman, you know, African-American woman. And so Ados has now formalized, but mm-hmm. that was over 10 years ago. And that was the same rhetoric at the time. And they were not behind him. Uh, Jesse Jackson and Al, they were not, and Al Sharpton, they were not behind him. And I remember mm-hmm. there was a point where there was an interview and I wanted them, their mic was off and they were talking shit about him. So I got that. I remember, I remember that vividly. So they didn't like that because he, you know, his dad's African immigrant. He didn't grow up with his dad. He grew up right. in Hawaii. He is like, he is literally not any image of how African American men are portrayed. Right, right, right. Right, yeah. But he had Michelle. But Michelle was his lucky charm. Right, right. But see, that's another mm. example of black women holding it down. Yep. You know, if he had like, uh, listen, if he had a Jamaican wife, it would have been over. Look, they were like, who? All a bunch of weird people. They, would, they wouldn't have been cool with it. But she, you know, was from Chicago, uh, yeah. African-American. You know, she gave him the street cred because he, yeah yeah he, yeah he yeah doesn't yeah. right mm-hmm. and so that was already there were murmurings about and oprah sorry oprah also backed him remember that oh yeah 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 oh that's true yeah he was anointed by lady o for real and so that you know that's where he got his cred and then, you know, all the stuff with Jay-Z and Beyonce. Like, no, I, I, I don't personally believe he was listening to Jay-Z. I don't believe he's listening. No, I don't. Um, <laughs> but he was saying it. So cool. Yeah. yeah. But I think everybody, I mean, Michelle can do no wrong in my eyes. Same. Neither, neither one of them in my, but, but I can, I can still see it. Like, okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it that that came up and you know I'll share my dad at the time my dad said something interesting he said Obama being elected as the first African American president actually shows that the civil rights movement was not effective and my dad said that and he's not American but he and he said that he's, no why did he say that that's interesting because it's actually from the, the principal yeah. he said he really he's like well that man grew up with a white woman and white mm-hmm. family in Hawaii and was mm-hmm. able to rise and go to Harvard and then, you know, be palatable enough to, you know, make it to the presidency. But it actually, you know, a black person with roots in America should be. He, he said right, that. Right, right, right. He said right. that. As a, as a person who does not have roots in America, he said that. Right. It's kind of interesting thought. you said palatable. I mean, what is that? What is that? Why is that mean? interesting? Well, it's just like what what can make what makes a black person palatable to other races. But okay, I <sighs> I, I think There's... what makes it palatable. But I think we also let, let, I'm, let, we want to break down some hard truths here. I believe statistically, <laughs> I believe statistically, black immigrants do 
better in terms of, um, I don't know, financially or it's upward mobility than African-Americans, even though smaller subset, right? But, and, and I think there's reasons, first of all, they don't let everybody here. So let's be real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't let everybody here. So you, you, you are seeing the, the people who are more driven and the people who, uh, want to improve their situations come here. I, that's true. And, and that's the same thing where people are like, Oh, Indians are so smart. Indians are so smart. There's a bunch of dumbass Indians and a bunch of dumbass Chinese and Japanese people, but they all, mm-hmm. they're not all here. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think we also have to understand how immigration works where you sometimes are getting the, um, I'm going to say upper echelon, but you're getting the people who are driven and who are trying to improve their situation. Right. So it's not everybody. Right. And, and so that's going to skew kind of the profile of the people you see who come. I think that's that. So I do think that because like Nigerians, there a lot of them are doctors and ha- are highly educated. That's what they bring. They're not bringing somebody in the shack all the time. You know what I mean? So um, people who have the impetus who want to improve themselves and go getters, you see those come in the immigrant profiles, which do skew the numbers. So I think, I do think that is the root cause, but people are not thinking about that. And I, and I think there's resentment sometimes there. Like, oh, you've come, again, immigrant. Same thing. You came here, you took my jobs. But I, I don't think anybody's taking anybody's jobs. Mm-hmm. But that's the underlying thing that we don't talk about in the Black community. I don't know. This is a lot, girl. I can't wrap my head around all these different things. I mean, are, are these are these things true? Am I just making this up? Or, or, or these, I mean... To me, this is what I've read, but I've also seen. No, I think it's it's definitely true. And it, it, it skews our interactions, like in terms of distrust within the Black community or what people think. I, I, I do think it impacts it. So Obama, his, yeah, Obama's dad was like, um, was he a doctor or something? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what. Yeah, I think his dad met his mom as a PhD student. Like, you know, like this wasn't any old, you know, run of the mill person. I mean, he was so black because he, you know, didn't take care of him. But. (laughs) (laughs) Gwen. (laughs) Listen, I got to say the joke. I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. But he was still a PhD student. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, know, he wasn't a run of the mill type guy. And he grew up in. Uh, you, you know, his father ended up going back to Kenya or whatever, but, you know, his mom was met him in graduate school. You know, this wasn't uh, a garbage truck guy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, this was, you know, he came from, like, an intellectual family and, you know, was able to become president. Um, and look at, look at who we had before. Was it like, it was like Jesse Jackson or somebody who wanted to be president. That's a very different profile. Who, Jesse Jackson? Yeah, I think in the 70s or 80s, he wanted yeah, to run for president. Yeah, he did run him. I remember that. Yeah. So going from, you know, Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton with his perm to Obama <laughs> was a very different look of who you see as leaders. Yeah. But they all carry themselves in a different way. And then I think that goes back to the whole palatable uh, distinction. So to make it, you have to be palatable, is what we're saying? Obama comes a little, a little smoother than the other two. But I guess if like you're palatable to whites, do you lose your black card? Like there's that fine, that fine line that all of us kind of have to walk. I think you do, but what... I don't think you have. Go ahead. 
You think you think we do? I don't think so because I'm just looking at myself in this example, and it's like, have I lost my black card? Because a lot of white people don't that I and I work in the world of finance, so and I'm surrounded by tons of white people, especially white men, who don't see me as a quote unquote threat or wouldn't see me as a quote unquote hood rat, let's say. Do have I lost my blackness? Have I lost my black cred? Hmm. I think we gotta break that down. And does though. that happen as people rise higher to levels of politicians, celebrities? Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe in the celebrity field, for sure. Maybe in politics. I'm going. But is to, that pettiness? No, I'm gonna. No, I'm going to or question. Based- I'm going to question their perception of you. So. Okay. They interact with you in a you know hopefully a pleasing or cordial way. Mm-hmm. But. How do they really see you? Do they see you and see like, oh, Trinity could be CEO. She could be the head of this. She could be, she could be, she could lead me. Um, Like what, how do they see you? Or it's like, oh, you know, Trinity's cool, blah, blah, blah. In this particular box, like what lens are they really seeing you with? Right. So in this interact, this transactional interaction, whatever it may be, it's cool. Mm -hmm. But is it enough to say, I want, Trinity leading the department, I see her running all of this or blah, blah, blah. Or if you had a very personal conversation, are they going to have some crazy random things that they say about you? Not about you, but it comes out where you're like, wait, why would you think that? Because I've I've thought that (laughs) until things have made me think, wait, wait, hold on. Um, I'm not so sure. Like, So So I've had these. I've had these discussions because I kind of have wanted to pick people's brain because these, you know, I work for white men. I work underneath them. So when we're having like our year end reviews and stuff like that, and they're giving me these compliments, I sit back and I ask them, I'm like, what do you see? How do you view me as a part of your team? And Mm. how do you want my career to proceed? And they do say things like that. Like you can lead, I want you to step up more. They've actually told me that they think that I put myself down too much and they want me to be more aggressive. And mm-hmm. I tell them, well, do you know why I do that? And it took a lot of poking and prodding for them to realize that I do that because I am unconsciously trying to not be seen as, you know, the angry black woman or the aggressive uh. black woman and stuff like that. And they're like, okay, so now we know, and now we can kind of give you that poking and say, no, you know, go harder, push yourself more. Maybe I'm lucky. And I, I, I'm not, it's not maybe, I'm definitely lucky because I have had friends who have been in situations where it's like, yeah, to Gwen's point, you're cool here, black person, you can stay right there. We don't need you to want to get any bigger than where you're at right now. And are, are they actually put, so besides them saying it, because white people like to talk. They're actually doing it. Yeah, that's what I want to know. Are they actually doing it? Oh, yeah. Yes. So, I mean, so look, you, you've solved the equation. A, a, a lot of people are not even a part of the equation to be able to solve it. But oftentimes that's not the case. The case. At it, all. It, it's not. Yeah. Right? You're right. And You're right. It's just not. And being palatable um, to whites, does that, I think it depends 
how palatable you are and in what context, right? Mm. Like, um, white people swoon over Lizzo. <laughs> and okay. Yeah, I don't. I'm not that big on Lizzo. They swoon over Lizzo, but, but they swoon over Beyonce more. Beyonce would not be as rich as she was without these white girls wanting to write her coattails. I I feel like they had a different trajectory. Black people loved Beyonce from the beginning, and then white people got on board. Yeah, I honestly think Lizzo has been propped up by white women, and black people have got on board. Who do these artists make their money off of? Hmm? Wait, why? Why do you think? Um... <laughs> Do they make their money off of Black America or do they make their money off of White America? You make your money off of, well, depends on the context in which ways. White women love Lizzo more than Black people. But why? She's so brave. Oh, God. Because I don't think Lizzo can sing that well. (laughs) She's so brave. Okay, so I've seen Lizzo live and Lizzo can sing. Okay. This was before she got super popular. And I was blown away. She's so brave. There's one Lizzo song where I just feel like she's yelling. But why is she brave? Because she doesn't wear pants to a basketball game? Because she's so brave. She loves her body. That's, white women are like shocked. Wait, can I just say something? Do y'all think it was appropriate that Lizzo was in Hustlers? Yeah, the movie? Yeah, like, because realistically, are there big, are there big strippers? Yes. There down are south, big strippers. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. There are. <laughs> down south especially. Yeah, down south. There, yeah. All right. I was very confused. I was like, is Lizzo here because we're trying to be... Everybody's got a fetish, right? So yeah. I guess so. Yeah. But I was like, are we really being that inclusive right now? Or are there really larger strippers? Down south, they definitely have... Uh, yeah. So... She's so brave. So she's palatable to white women, but it, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, she hasn't lost her black card, but yeah, but okay. I'm going to ask this question. Would, would Lizzo be, let's say Lizzo was white. Would she be as popular? If that was a big white girl mm-hmm. up there with no, no pants on. Being naked, not. no. White people wouldn't have that. No. Okay. So it's like, are we palatable when we kind of look, Oh, I don't want to say anything of like. No, go for it. Just say I just we, said what, that Obama's fathers take care of him. That, Come I mean, on, are we powerful when we look a bit ridiculous? Because I thought when she didn't have any pants on at the basketball thing, that was ridiculous. I think you got to be careful with being palatable with white people because that can take you down a slippery slope. Because mm-hmm. sometimes things are palatable due to inherent like racism and things that they're comfortable with. Like, are we palatable when we make a fool of ourselves to white people? When we're a minstrel show? Right. Yes. Right. Exactly. That's my issue. Yes. In certain aspects. Yes. Cause it makes them feel comfortable. They're like, okay, this one's doing the song and dance. We've known this, this, this is cool for us. We'll accept that. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe when other black people see people doing the minstrel show, we just go, Oh, no, thank you. Sell out. I'm not into it. Yeah, well, isn't a- Kanye doing the greatest minstrel show of all time? Oof. Yeah, I, I, look, I can't stand him. I can't stand Kanye. Because what, what was his comment about slavery? It was a choice. It's yeah. a choice. Yes. Yeah. Pop on the boat, like, everybody. Oh, well, I didn't like him to begin with. But, but that okay. Was, that really sealed the deal. But black people still like 
Kanye. Who? Who are these black people? Some. Not all of us. Many have disowned him at this point. Yeah, people but say that, but they still buy Yeezys. show up to the church show and fall Ex- into that Exactly. Trap. They're still going to Sunday service. They're still buying Yeezys. So... Well, anybody in Eidos doesn't need to be buying a pair of Yeezys. I know that much. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, why not? He's a descendant of slavery, so why not? But see, that's like we want it both ways. Somebody can't be black one day, and then when they when they want to rise up, oh no, you're not black enough. Eidos is problematic because I think there are a lot of nuances to this. Yeah. And ultimately, if we want to get ahead as a black community, just wholeheartedly, it don't matter. If we want to get ahead, we actually have to be together because we don't right. have the numbers. And that's just right. just from a strategic standpoint, we don't have the numbers. We're only 13% of the population in the U.S. And if you look at the globe, you know, Af- Africa is not the most populous continent. All right. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's going to be right. China and India. So we're, we're not the majority any place we're just not the majority like on a global level or in america level right right so if we want to get ahead and have any success and if you look at any other group if you look at jews or anyone else uh it is by being uh, a unified group and helping each other out and to do that you can't be you know slicing and dicing and yeah like yeah. oh well, I was born in slavery here. You know, I'm a descendant of slavery here, but you're a descendant of slavery there. And and honestly, it's actually even a fallacy because I've done, you know, these DNA tests I'm really f- fond of. Do you know how many African-Americans I'm related to? Like, it is crazy. Now, obviously, we don't know how, but it's because of slavery. Like, mm-hmm. you, whatever, we were together yeah. at some point in Africa, they mm-hmm. split up the family, the boats, whether it was in Jamaica or here. Right. Like, there's so many people, like, we're literally blood-related. So it's, mm-hmm. it's fucked up. Uh, we're literally related, like, by blood, by DNA. And we're so busy trying to, you know, nitpick and be so tribal that you're losing sight of the big picture. Because Obama being president is still great from the images of right. black children to see that there was a black man with a black yeah. wife who was able to lead the country graciously, gracefully, diplomatically. And that's a check mark in the books for all of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think yeah. when you reach a level of success, people try to detract from it. Well, if they're looking for reparations. I don't think they think about success, girl. Because, I mean, I don't know how much reparations is going to be. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's a lot of success. I mean. Yeah. The stimulus check is probably going to be bigger than that paycheck. I mean, so, okay, let's just talk about reparations a little bit. What do you think, like, like look, I don't need to ask uh, the U.S. government for reparations because I, I'll go knock right on the U.K., and ask for that shit, okay? <laughs> so I, I don't have a problem because I know who my slave master was. So I can go right. You get that British pound, girl. I'll get the British pound, okay? And the exchange rate, it's working more in my favor. So I know who to go to. And there are different things. Actually, it's something I'm supposed to be trying to apply for in my family right now because there's this whole thing, this whole wind rush. I could do a whole other episode on that where it's very fucked up. Oh, so yes. all that to say, though, reparations, what could they look like in 2020? Like, you know, everyone, this all starts, you know, stemmed from, you know, initially promising 40 acres and a mule. Right, right. And where I don't think anybody wants 40 acres and a mule at this point. I'll take the 40 acres. Hold on. Should they be getting Yeezys? What <laughs> no, should people be getting? I don't, think it, I, don't, I don't think it should be a cash payment. I think the money should go into, like, um, like money to 
to give schools in in urban areas a makeover. People are not going to be satisfied really with raise that. Themselves up as that's not education. what they want. And people are not going to be satisfied with that. No. Well, but that's like the Paraguses will get old one day, but your education can carry you a lot further. That is not an American value, and is definitely not a black value. So. Whoa, 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 whoa! I'm black and American, and that's not <laughs> Gwen. It is no. It's it's not American value. America is an anti-intellectual society, period, which is why we have Donald Trump as president. And we're the minority within the black community. What people want to do is have that. They want to be an entertainer, want to be a rapper. They don't want to put the, they don't want to put the work into school. I can put my own people in my family on blast where have been highly encouraged by my parents to go to school. Mm-hmm. And they, I have cousins who've been highly encouraged and they refused. They wanted to leave high school and get a job. And they felt like getting a job, whether or not it was, I don't know, in a bank or maybe not, not getting official trade, but doing stuff. You know, when you're a kid, you get money, you feel like you're, you're, you're on top of the world, but you don't realize what money is. And then now these people fast forward who were, I'm saying their forties and fifties have really challenged lives with children they can't take care of. And they still, don't see the connection that school could have helped. And when I'm online, right. I see that all the time where people are like, no, you got all these student loans and, you know, that's a, that's a farce. They're just trying to put you down. And, you know, people really don't think, and a lot of black people, and I say, cause I'm related to them and they're not American. And I'm telling you, they feel like, no, you need to finish. You need to finish, you know, high school, get a job and work and to survive. And they don't see that, education can lead to upward mobility and these same people my same mm-hmm. cousins will turn around and look at me where i'm looking okay, now i'm putting people on blast where i'm trying to you know <laughs> we have to come together as a family to give money because my grandmother is sick mm-hmm. and it's, it's mm-hmm. a lot to take care of her and they're like i don't have any money so then i'm like well I didn't tell you to make the choices you fucking made in life. You right. know what I mean? I didn't right. tell you to make those fucking choices. And they're looking at me like, well, you must have money. You're, you're not hurting for money. Trying to count my money, what they think I have. And what, we all came from the same people. We have the same right. DNA. Right. The, the, you guys had the same opportunities, but it was all fucking choices you made. So, okay. yeah. But, you know, I was reading this interesting article in Time, and they said in a lot of rural areas... Americans don't have clean drinking water. Flint. Like I would, I would take the money for reparations and make sure all Americans have access to clean water over just some frivolous check. Okay. Black people don't care about other people have access to clean water if they have it already. But they don't. There's a, there's a, there, Montgomery is the state capital in Alabama and a very, a county very close to the state capital. People don't have clean water. I personally don't think people are going to want to see reparations in the form of clean water because we can't even get Flint, which we all know, to get clean water. Yeah, but I think, like, you saw the consequences of Flint. You saw that with lead in the water, now the kids have learning disabilities. That's going to set them back even further. They still don't have clean water in Flint in 2020. That's been going on for at least eight, nine years. Yeah. So I don't, people are not going to want reparations in the form of, of, of clean water. That, that, that's, listen, you're, you're thinking the right way, but I think we need to be really clear about like 
I think American culture is very short-sighted and about instant gratification. And when people come into money, they want it to do something material. So I, I think people want like a check. I don't think a check is realistic to get. I don't think a check. Well, is you know, I've heard of some universities that use slavery to build the initial part of the campus. They were giving those descendants um, like a free scholarship. So that to me, that sounds like fair reparations. But that only benefits them if they want to go there. Right. Well, it's just kind of like I just don't, I just don't see what a I just don't see what a check is going to to solve if it doesn't help you move out of your current situation. I'm, I agree I'm all with you on that one, Slim. Huh? I agree with you on that one yeah. for sure. Yeah, I just I, I but like in like solutions uh, being long term. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like, I don't think, okay, look, I don't think a check is a solution because people are not financially astute. So, and I don't think giving people a check is going to change the economic disparities and class disparities. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's going to work from a reparations perspective. Um, and I also think black people can't even agree on anything to probably come up with something that makes sense. So yeah. I'm, seriously, I don't. So, well, what? Where, where would you guys put it? I mean, it wouldn't apply to me mm-hmm. since my family is from the Caribbean. General, but I think that building communities would be the best implementation of that money. And maybe not even, you know, keeping these communities in urban areas, but saying, all right, here's a rural area. Let's start building communities, homes for people, schools, things of that nature. The yeah. communities that were destroyed in the past by white supremacists. So the point to where, you know, black Americans had to run to urban areas to live and survive. Reestablishing those and seeing if they can thrive. See, I, I, I agree with more of that. I think when I look at the black community and tangible differences for upward mobility, I think one of the things that, you know, that 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 is a a big barrier for us in terms of generational wealth is property ownership. Yes. Agreed. Because it, you know, if you are, if you're Becky and you, your grandmother passed down her house to you, that means that you have a house that costs significantly less than, you know, 50, 80 years ago and is worth the value of today's dollar. And you're not mm-hmm. having to come up with the money to put down 20% mm-hmm. uh, in against, you know, the current dollar value. So you already have a way step ahead of people of color in this country because you're able to utilize the resources and the property that has been passed down to you. So for me, I, I think reparations would really come down to giving um black people honestly property ownership of multiple properties Hmm. and that would be the closest thing to help get that next level of mobility because if you don't have to start worrying about a mortgage and the pain and stuff like that you just have Mm -hmm. less money tied up where you can hopefully start to use your money for different things yeah that's a that's that's a good point I like that. 
Uh, but that's not possible. It's not possible. But I would look at Why? it like that. Why is it not possible? Yeah. Well, okay. Properties have owners and are also owned by banks. The government, the government's going to what buy properties and transfer them the deeds to people's names. Like I, I, I think there would be such an uproar about that. So look, could it happen? I mean, it's not like it's infeasible. It's definitely feasible. It would just be difficult as hell. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's it's okay. Could it be done? Absolutely. Because they have what is that thing where the government can buy your property if you eminent domain, right? Eminent mm-hmm. domain. Like technically, the government could do what they want. So they they technically could, but I think you're going to have it's, for some white people, Latinos, Asians, everybody's going to be looking. Uh, it, it should even well actually no. Black immigrants. I'm gonna give you if, if everyone, if anyone were to implement what Gwen is telling you to do now, I need y'all to 90 day fiance some black Americans so that you could get in on the property value. Okay, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I want you. Sorry, trying to get people scam in there. But I, I think you get so much um, jealousy and people feeling like it's a handout, which is what unfortunately happens with affirmative action, which again is something needed. But people mm-hmm. don't like to see black people get shit. But you know what? White women have really succeeded because of affirmative action too yes they're the so biggest beneficiaries like the of it. black people affirmative action. like no 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 white women have done just fine with that too so let's chill out they're the they're the they're the largest beneficiaries of affirmative action yeah but people don't want to see black people have anything so anytime any it seems like black people are getting anything it causes such a discomfort, like a deep in people's soul. Right. Because somebody has to be on the bottom. And if right. it's not us, then who's it going to be? Then they can't have that. You know, deep in their soul. It, 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 it's very disconcerting. And then, let, okay, let me tell you who else is going to fight for it. Who rightfully should fight. Native Americans Native. are going to be like, hold up. Yep. But the Native Americans do have their own nations. Like, they're their own sovereign body. Yeah, but what they got left with yeah. is deplorable. Yeah. Because mm, I, I know in Alabama, where I'm from, like, you have, like, the sovereign, um, they're, they're a sovereign nation, and they owned um, all the casinos, and that tribe was offered to, like, pay off Alabama's debts. But Alabama wouldn't take the deal. Native Americans have a raw deal. Yeah, so they yeah, have a raw deal. The, the casinos, like the okay, the reservations, the the state of the reservations in terms of drug abuse, alcohol abuse, diabetes, because the the food that's given to them, like Native Americans have been decimated. And mm-hmm. shit, if you see the stuff they're still trying to do, you know, do building oil pipes through their, their you know, their mm-hmm. gravelands. Like, let's keep it real. If you got a way between the two, I'm not trying to rank it, but if I were Native American and I saw them giving a bunch of black people some houses, I'd be like, what the fuck? That's true. Yeah. yeah. We gotta be, you know, not that it's the, it's not the oppression Olympics, okay? I'm not saying it's the oppression <laughs> Olympics. But... We might as well have that this year since we can't have the Tokyo Olympics. I, I yeah, I'm, I'm not saying it's that, 
But I, I think it's just um, this whole conversation, Eidos, all this stuff. It's like you could slice and dice it and it's not easy to implement. It will piss off a lot of people. And frankly, the American government is not going to do it. Then why were these progressive candidates so so eager to hop up and talk about it? Because they think Cause they black people. Vote. I think they think black people like, oh, here's a shiny penny. Look at this. Look at me. You'll like me. I, I feel insulted by all this. See, then the, the, it goes back to the pandering. Then, like, you got to have an exit strategy to make this happen. I don't see Bernie with the strategy. Well, Bloomberg was the one who really started to try to pander to black people. Ugh. Bloomberg was pandering to anybody he thought he could get. (laughs) How did he pander, though? I just, or maybe I just wasn't paying attention to him. No, he started talking about, oh, the black communities, I need to, we need to talk about black communities, what we need to do to improve them, and I want to put money in it. He he started. Did he go to a church or something? They all go to churches. Oh, see, I can't, oh, no, no. So question, how do we feel about whenever a politician is trying to get in good with the black community that they go to churches first? What do you think about that? Well, since I'm Southern and I know the black church played played a big role in the civil rights movement, I get it. But it's when they start talking to some of these preachers like Reverend Al Sharpton, I can't, like, I just can't stomach it. I don't know why Reverend Al rubs me the wrong way, but he does. But, um, but I think I think I think these politicians. I think for us, we know that the black experience is just not, you know, going to some little white church in the middle of Mississippi. It's a very broad experience. So I don't think we like being lumped into one thing. I think that's where the struggle comes from. I mean, I think it made sense in the fifties. Like you know, it made sense then civil rights but does it make sense now right i think so i i think for a large portion of black america they're they are very faith-based and you will still find everybody in church on sunday so i think it's the whole value but it's just not being properly used as a way to get the black vote i mean uh, anyway that, that would be a I whole mean, come other on, topic. Bloomberg showing up in a church after he did stop and frisk. Like, it's just kind of like, it's kind of like, do you think I'm stupid? Exactly. To me, it's insulting. He's tone deaf, though. Huh? He's tone deaf, though. Yeah. But they all do it. They all do it. it, so, it going, it fr- so, going back to Kamala Harris, like, she was a prosecutor, but then when she got on the Breakfast Club and was like joking about, marijuana it's it's just kind of like tell me like do you think i'm stupid do you think i have a short-term memory because this is how it's coming across and the same goes for bloomberg yeah but people fall for it so the churches let them in the pastors is there taking pictures they're on instagram live so what does that say look that pastor likes that um free publicity he knows a lot of people are going to show up at church that day, so he's going to get a nice little donation in his money basket when they pass it around. I don't, I you know, and I think this is, and I just, I, that, that's probably another episode, and it's actually another episode of the Black Church. I'm probably have to go there and get people there. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm oh gonna have to talk about it because people are being, yeah, I don't want to talk about it here. I have stories, and I'm going to leave it alone, but. 
I think people need to be more critical of false prophets mm-hmm. and, you know, church being a money-making industry. Absolutely. You know, they don't have to be taxed. And there are all these preachers with private jets yeah. and, and fancy clothes. And any every rapper, when they don't make it in rap, now wants to go be a, a preacher. Low okay. dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so. why do you think all these pastors had church service while the coronavirus was happening? Because they need that plate to be passed around. It's like, to me, and it's not just black people, but I'm, I'm going to be worried about my people, is being sheep, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, there's one thing to be a person of faith. Mm-hmm. But I think people, blind faith is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people do have blind faith. And you need to understand the difference between serving God and serving the Lord and your religion as opposed to a person, a man in a pulpit. And people are treating the preachers as God. Right. Yep. 100%. And it's such a money-making business. Even the Kardashians had a church at one point before Kanye. Um, Really? Yes. Yeah, I, didn't I know that. Know that. It, that shit is like a whole money laundering thing. Look, I could go into the church. Like, it, it, it's a hustle. And I hate it because it affects the wounded. People go to church to be healed. Yeah, for hope. Yeah, for hope. And poor people need hope, you know? Yeah, and, 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 they're, and get taken advantage of. And these charlatans are, you know with their greasy hands are there getting all this stuff. And then the politicians on top of it, jumping on board too. Like it's so sordid. Yeah. Yeah. So I think my issue is like, I'm not stupid. So don't pander to me. Well, half the people are, so let's be real. Half the people are. (laughs) I don't think I, okay. Well, that, that just falls right back into Gwen's point, right? Where all these people are allowing themselves to be led by the charlatans. So then, of course, the politicians are going to hop in and be like, let me get on in this fun, too. Yeah, I guess because Trump did the same thing. And the Christian, what the Christian evangelicals, they evangelical. love him. They yeah. love him. And it makes no sense to me. He's a man who's been married three times, has porn, prostitution, but so have Many of them have gone down the same route. Oh, you're right. Divorce, you're prostitutes, right. these right. evangelical preachers. Yeah, so, you know, true. birds of a feather. You're right. You're right. You're right. I I just... It, it, it's crazy. So, listen, I, I think faith is important. Mm-hmm. I think um, it's, as, as Black people, it's been important from... Yeah, it's been important to us, you know, as a survival mechanism in a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I don't have any problem with people being religious of faith. The the issue is the charlatans who are, to me, so blatantly obvious. And, and it's, it's even more obvious when, okay, you hold on, Slim, Pebbles, you know we love yeah. to sing a Pebbles song. You know she's a big pre- a preacher, has a mega church. Yes, girl, Pebbles got a me- mega church. I didn't know that. Yes, she got a mega church in Atlanta. But I, but I think what Trinity you said like once the career doesn't work out, what do you do? You find Jesus. No, that was Gwen. That was Gwen for the okay. rappers. 
but and, and why do people want to be preached to by pebbles and mace mm. well wait mace mace went to become a preacher when his career was still hot right no it was at the end it was towards the end when it was oh, okay it was at the end yeah it was at the end and they make more money preaching than they do in music well i this is what i don't because i don't understand tidings right I don't know if you guys are familiar with like tithing. Yeah, to get ten percent. Yeah. yeah. 10% Where is that of your in income. the Bible? Where is that in the Bible? It's, it's in, in there, somewhere. but it says you know, in the Bible you, you need gave ten percent of whatever you had to who? Is that really in the Bible? Because I it, we gonna have to Google that there, girl. Sure. I believe it's in there. <laughs> I don't think it's in there. <laughs> I think it is though. Um, Wait, I, I can't believe that's in there. I mean, it. I, I I'm pretty sure it is. You know, I don't want to. I told you we need to have a separate church episode. <laughs> I used to. Um, I'm gonna let me. I'm gonna slide over this real light. I I knew some. I knew someone, a family who was a treasurer at a very popular church, with a very high profile, um, preacher, and a lot of celebrities went to this church. Where was this? I don't want to talk about this. We talk offline okay. about the detail. I'll tell you who it is. Oh, all, okay. 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 <laughs> I don't. I don't. You know, I'm not going to. I'm not get into that. Right. And, you know, they faithfully the, the church brought bought the person the person a Mercedes. You know, he had a thing like from the tithing money. Like I just was confused <laughs> because what? I know. Okay. Now I'm I'm googling the tithing thing. You know, it's it's in the Bible. It is. Yeah. No, I, I'm looking at it. It's Leviticus. 2730 a tenth of the produce of the land whether grain or fruit is the lord's and and it's holy now this says the grain or the fruit it didn't say anything about money because that was money or dividends or shares you know they give you that was money whatever you had you give 10 percent yeah, but you know what? In the Bible, they got a story about a man being spoiled by a well. So I'm pretty good. Like, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I think. But I think, you know, the tithes are really supposed to go back into the community to help people. You know, it's not, not supposed to go to the jet. pastors and the deacons. Exactly. For the jets and the fancy suits and the trips. That's not where it's supposed to go. But that's exactly where it ends up going. Wait, let's, let me ask you this. If you guys belong to a church and the preacher sh- flew in from some conference on a private jet, wouldn't that be a red flag for you? When you say, I don't need but to But be- I have sent. You hmm? what? And I don't, I, don't, I don't rely on, there are a lot of people that don't rely on the preachers in order to be able to practice their faith. But there are a lot of right. people that do depend on that. And church is everything to them. They don't just go on Sunday. They go to Bible study on Tuesday and oh, Wednesday. They go to choir. Yeah. You know, that is their life. Well, you know, see, so now we're getting back to identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the church validates you. You're needed. You're part of a community. And yeah. it really was, I guess, tying back to the whole ADOS and African-American culture, being a part of the church and being within your church and your community was a big deal. And still mm-hmm. is a big deal in mm-hmm. African American communities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all black communities. Seriously, if we we're we're Jamaica has the most churches per capita of any country in the world. Oh, by God. the way, Jamaica has more <laughs> churches. A tiny ass island has the most churches per capita of any country in the world. 
black people yep. less than church. Okay. Um, yep. Latinos are very, you know, religious, uh, Africans too. what, you know, they skew to be, you know, either Christian or Muslim, um, or some indigenous type thing, but yeah, we're very church people, um, for better or for worse. But mm-hmm. it's you know the whole I don't I don't know how we got to the whole church, black church thing. That's a lot because the black church thing <laughs> I could go deep on this because it is tricky, and yeah. you know the politicians, the charlatans, and, and and I don't know why we just I get it's a part of the community, but at this point, it's to me it's like so clearly we turn a blind eye to a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's just when black people are struggling. To make rent and then your parish your pastor has a cadillac it just the math doesn't add up for me to me but you know what i'm okay i'm a, let me not throw we talk about black people hold up a lot of catholics been sitting around with your with your priest diddling all the children and mm-hmm. didn't say anything so <laughs> that's true yeah let's let's be real that you yeah. know people knew for years and turn a blind eye or or just in denial I think people are in denial because you're guilty by association mentally. Yeah. Like if you, if you know what's like, they don't want to even be associated with it because automatically like your hands are soiled. I could never in, I could never knowing, know that a, a priest, a priest was abusing children and turned a blind eye. I could never see this pastor with his luxury vehicle and designer clothes while the parishioners are, you know, struggling to pay rent on welfare. But I, I could never personally, those are my personal values. I could, never. I, I, I guess like when the establishment is more important than the children, you need to question that. And a lot of people can't cause that's their identity. You're right. You're right. But slim to your point, right? If, if we can turn a blind eye to the goings on, in churches why can't we then turn a blind not necessarily turn a blind eye but circling back to the whole ados thing why do we divide ourselves amongst blackness why can't we just say you know what we're all just black and turn a blind eye onto all of the cultural differences the heritage differences mm-hmm. that go on with regards to the diaspora good question yeah i don't i, I don't think i can answer that honestly because I, I don't understand it that's a very good point. So we can turn a blind eye to the charlatan preacher. And but the... I think it's like, that's my community. So I can turn a blind eye to their wrong, my wrongdoings, but I'm not going to turn a blind eye to what you're doing wrong. True. Mm, okay. That's a tribalism. That True. Yeah. 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 True. It's, um, so, I mean, I mean, I think we're all in agreement. I mean, so, because we're, we've gone a long time. Do we think that there's anything about the Eidos movement that does have merit? Like, no, you know, they have a point. Is, is, there, is there something redeeming about the Eidos movement? I mean, I absolutely think reparations should be given to the descendants of slavery. How it's implemented, that's another argument. But I think they, we are definitely entitled to something. I agree. Um, I don't think anyone's going to get it, so I don't. No, think but since be... we're not going to get it, I think we have to work with all people who follow fall under the black umbrella and work together to stop like 
police violence to improve schools. Because we're going to get a lot further um, progressing if we work together instead of being divided. I, I agree. I mean, I think... Trinity, go ahead. Go ahead. I have to mention it, but go ahead. So I think that to that point, if we need to work together, then this ADOS movement is absolute trash because they don't want to work together. Well, I think the problem is... So we're not going to get anywhere with them. Yeah. Maybe ADOs shouldn't hijack reparations. I agree. Because when they hijack reparations, then people who aren't... Well, like, well fine. I don't want to... That's your thing. Yeah. I, I think it is... I, I think it doesn't have a place. I think ADOs is a waste of time, personally. I think it's a waste of time. It's not focusing people on the right things, all this vitriol and all the stuff I see online where it's because it's Ada, like they, they, they hate Rihanna, they hate all these people. I'm like, y'all need to chill. <laughs> y'all need to chill. <laughs> like, um, this is stupid. Ados is literally not going to get you shit, all right? They're not going to get you anything, and all they're going to do is tear people apart. Right. So and I think it should be thrown away. Power. Yeah. I think it should be thrown away because they're aligning with black, with, you know, conservatives, right wing, it makes no sense. It's not even practical. It's just not practical. Yeah. But it's and, like, who do you want to align with? Republicans, like conservatives on the right, or other people of color? That, like, it's, it makes no sense. I, I yeah, I, I think it needs to be thrown away because it, it's not going to help. It's a distraction. And you're not going to get any reparations. And all you're going to do is hate other black people for no fucking good reason. So I... I don't think it makes sense. But actually, something else popped in my head, then we can close out. So what do you think about Kamala, same lady who we're saying is black, we identify, who looks black? I don't know what people are talking about. I remember a couple years ago, a guy I worked with, he said, he was Indian. He is Mm -hmm. Indian. And he said, oh, he's like, why are black people saying she's black? Okay, what was his Is he a light-skinned Indian or was he dark-skinned Indian? Because they have different mentalities. Medium. <laughs> Clearly. But he, he wasn't, wasn't dark. dark. No, he wasn't dark. Okay, he was well, Indian. Then, there you go. He was, um, he was, what's the Indian or maybe he was Bengali. One of the two. Bangladesh or but, India. One but, or two. but most people have a very narrow perception of how black people are supposed to look like. Well, I'm confused. Was he trying, I was like, so you trying to claim her? Since when did y'all ever claim a half black person? I'm sorry. <laughs> Never. That's what I'm saying. Like it, it depends on his skin tone as well. Because if if he was a darker skinned Indian, he wouldn't have that comment. I I didn't want to go there with him because I was like, don't try to me. So I'm gonna. This is where even the biracial thing. White people just started claiming biracial people. Y'all were always saying they were black. Right, now right, that people right. start to have right. a little cachet. All right. Now she's okay. She's a person going to be a president presidential presidential nominee now you're trying to say oh she's indian too when did you ever claim you're a half black person (laughs) am i wrong i'm sorry y'all think definitely not Mm -mm. you're definitely not i 100 agree with you i was like he's like i don't like it when they i was like what i'm pretty sure indian people have not been that accepting of her as an indian woman yeah and if it is now it's just because of who she is and her status yeah, most Indians don't Absolutely. accept each other. They have such a rigid caste system, so it's just yeah, ridiculous. So I was like, hold up, what? What? Who you think you is? 
I was like, what are we? Do you think I'm fucking stupid? Like, I, I just, I'm just confused <laughs> a lot of the times. Like, people say stuff, and I'm confused. And the same thing, look, I if you have a white parent, you uh, listen, you're all, yes, we're saying one drop rule, but obviously, look, a lot of black people do get raised by white people because, like I said, dudes ain't always around, okay? So, mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, your white family's all you know, and you just little chocolate caramel drop. I get it, right? And so I'm not saying deny your whiteness, blah, 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 but your experience in society is probably not as a white person, unless you can pass, unless you can pass. So the community that can help you with your hair (laughs) is not going to be at Supercuts, baby. (laughs) So I'm, I'm just saying. So that's a whole other episode though. Go ahead. That's uh, that's a whole other episode, but I'm just saying. So like when you, when we're saying that people are black, it's because, the shared experience when they get when they get pulled over. Yeah, it's the experience. It's the experience yeah. of a black person. That first time you get called the N word. Like we all get it. Yeah. It's like, you know, it, it's just that. And so I'm not saying deny it, but the one drop rule is like, hey, your experience in society in a way, you know, and it don't matter if you go to if they drop you in Europe and drop it, no one's gonna be like, Oh, you're a white person. No one's ever gonna look at you as a white person. Right, right, Happens right. Meghan Markle. Yeah. I know Megan Merkel. Ooh, she had to come back. <laughs> Shit, you're right. Megan Merkel had to come back. What lasted two years in the UK was like, nah, yeah. I'm off this. She couldn't take it. She couldn't take it. You know, who some people think is white passing. Actually, a lot of people think she's white passing. She's very white passing. Yeah. What do you mean by white passing? She could pass. It's white. difficult to tell that she is of mixed race, that her mom is black. But you know, I think I think that's like Maybe that's hard for white people, but black people, I'm we like okay, we know. Yeah, we know. We know. We I know. know. I see it. I see it when it's a little I had it's a little so many friends that used to watch suits and had no idea that she was like and I'd be like, God, she's mixed. What are you looking at? And they're like, yeah. No, no way. Yeah. So many people have told me, Oh no, they're like, I didn't know. I did so many people when she got married was like, Really? I had no idea. I was like Okay. Like I didn't need to see her mama or anything. Like I, you just know, like you just like, oh, okay. Somebody's got a little something going on in there. Yeah. And if she's basically passing and people didn't know, and for her to get treated so poorly that she wants to come back to America. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I, I just, you know, so I, I was just curious because I, the Indian guys, like, why are they saying she's black, Kamala Harris? I was like, what? Since when are you claiming? But see, this is my issue. Like, if Kamala Harris was on the news for being like some welfare mama with fifteen kids by five different baby daddies, he wouldn't be like, "Oh, why is she claiming that she's black?" She, he'd be like, "Okay, that's my issue." Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So yeah. it's just not how we look. It's like since I don't fit in your convenient box of black stereotypes, you want to detract from my blackness, right? Yeah. Exactly. It's like, yeah. oh, you want to claim me now? And look, I'm not knocking her mom's Indian. I'm sure she's close to the culture and everything. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying anything is wrong with that. But I'm just saying, typically, I don't find that non-black people are trying to claim half-black people. No, that's that's, that's agreed. True. No, because so. that detracts from their own whiteness. Yeah. So now, you know, you know, because of her status, she's cool and I get it. But, 
y'all were not just like, oh, they don't, unless you, unless you completely pass for that, unless you just look it, then people will take you for that off, you know what I mean? Off gate. But the minute mm-hmm. they know, like your dad's black, or then it's like, it's a little bit different. I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Okay. Well, listen, woman, we have gone all around the world today. I know. <laughs> on uh, some deep issues. Gwen has been not PC as usual, but whatever. This uh, is a heavy topic though. Yeah, it is. It's it like is a- it's like with black people, you just can't cover it cover it in one episode. It's complicated. It is lots of nuance. Yeah, there is a lot of nuance. I'm pretty sure after hearing this episode, some folks might be like, "I need to talk about it." So that's fine. <laughs> okay, at least we're opening up the floodgates. Yeah, I think we should um, continue the conversation, and you definitely I mean, need I, an African perspective. I need African perspective. I need someone who actually believes in Eidos. To, to come and talk. Actually, that's that's the truth. Oh boy. <laughs> I don't, Good luck finding that. Uh, they're all over. I I see them on social media all the time, but I I just get so pissed. I don't think I'm I'm not in a place right now. Plus the quarantine. You might tear them to shreds. Yeah, it's it, it's a lie. I don't think I'm really ready to um, have that conversation for someone who really believes in it. <laughs> yeah, it's a heavy conversation. Yeah, but open to it at some point so look everyone i i'm assuming this distracted you from the quarantine (laughs) sure it distracted me honey i'm gonna go pray to my preacher now oh my god (laughs) (laughs) Uh, listen listen the preachers they feel like they're suffering too they feel like they're suffering too so um but there's online service. I know a lot of people who go to online service before this. So, you know, Kanye going to have to take his show, you know, Ugh. online. Digital. Yeah, digital Sunday service. You know, Wait, how long sh- did surveys, did that even last longer than three weeks? You know, I don't pay that close no attention. Idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't pay that close attention. I just know, I've seen. I just know Brad Pitt show up to one and I was like, all right, damn it. I've seen his Sunday enough. service singing on the plane together oh god they were singing on a plane with other people with random people i don't know if they're random people it was all over social media they, his place his because his people were singing like um it was almost like r&b hits they were making into church songs yeah and the gospel <laughs> songs yeah so <laughs> you can see if you could hear me rolling my eyes right now as a christian yeah. i just can't stand these people but I you know that. i I think Kanye, and I hate we're going to end like this. I think he's trying to find himself. So he's he doesn't going need back to do to that the... on our expense. True. What do you mean you think he's trying to find himself? This is a I think he's trying to find himself. So that's why he's trying to get back to the black experience through the Sunday service. You don't think he's just a charlatan trying to make money? They're all, I mean, it's the same thing though. But he's, he's lost. He's lost and married Kim Kardashian. So, hmm. Yeah, you're lost, and that's to marry to help you find yourself. That's not gonna happen. Yeah, something's wrong. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, okay. I really don't like ending on Kanye ill. Um, <laughs> I was like, I don't know. So, yeah, look, everybody stay positive during the quarantine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you will not be getting reparations during the quarantine. So the check we're getting is not reparations. Let's be clear about that. <laughs> well, it's, it's barely enough for the quarantine, let alone reparations. Okay. 
Uh, All right. So it's not a reparation check. It's a quarantine check. All right. Got it. <laughs> it's the Corona check. The Corona. The Rona. The Rona check. Rona check. I don't know how one check is going to do anything, but. Hey, it's more than you had before. That's how I look at it. I agree. One of the checks do. Is it June? It's, I it's think next like, week, this week. It's like, I thought it was going to be three, four weeks, but my issue with the check is like people who don't have a bank account have to wait longer for the check. So, you know, those are the people who need the check the most, which are probably what? Black people. Yeah. They're not that giving them true. like prepaid cards? No. Girl. And if you didn't file your income tax, do you still get a tax? I think if you filed it in 20, like the previous year, you, you'll get your check. Okay. So is it, what about if you're, my parents were asking this, what if you're on social security? Like what if you're older or something? Do they I, get it? My dad, my dad made it sound like they were going to get They still get a check. Yeah. Oh, if you're head of household, you get a check. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure how that worked. Um, so what is just based on your income? Right. Yeah. Your income and your filing status. Okay. Well, and they're supposed to be getting them what next week? I thought April 6th they were going to start pushing them out. I don't know. I thought it was June. I mean, I don't know. I'm not getting a check, so whatever. Fine. I mean, I don't trust this administration, so who knows? I hope people start to get checks. The unemployment rate has been skyrocketing. Yeah, but I, I just worry the people who need the checks the most are the people who can't afford to have a bank account because of all those crazy fees. So, that's true. And then that's the issue. So then, okay, but wait, hold on. How do they know if you have a bank account or not? Well, like you file taxes, you put your routing number in your bank account. Well, that's if you, if you decide to, if you decide to do that, like, cause I've done it where I didn't want to, cause I don't really like my routing number out. So I've mm-hmm. done it where I've waited for them to give me a check because I just didn't want to give them that. And then at this point, I pay taxes all the time, so it doesn't matter. Right, right, right. So, um, so then you then if that's the case, you might have to wait for your check to show up in the mail. All right. So okay. So got it. So if you have, all right, this helps. So if you've given the government your routing number because for your refund in the past, right. then they'll be able to direct deposit it again. Correct. Correct. But if you don't, then yeah. you just have to wait for them to mail you a check. Correct. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I mean, shit, how else are they going to get it, it up, to you? But... Hmm? Go ahead. I said I'll probably still screw it up, but, you know, let's hope that we actually do. Yeah. People that actually need it do get it. Yeah. Well, yeah, hopefully they... Well, but, okay, I can think of other just scenarios. They, you know, if you were a person who gets, like, EBT or something, that's a card. Can't they just deposit it onto that card and not give you a check? But isn't that through the state? Oh, shit. Oh, this is a This is a federal check. Right. Yes. Okay. The federal check. Okay. Well, everybody, don't spend that $1,200 on Yeezys. That's my <laughs> message. Don't they cost more than that? I have no idea. You're kidding. Yes. You're more than that? Yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. think so. No. I think that's, that's one foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That it, is too much money. Yeah. Maybe they could get old Yeezys, but um, yeah, don't don't spend that money. But people spend that on sneakers all the time. Regular ass people. Well, that's true, and that's the problem. Yeah, that's why I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> so yeah, so um, that's don't too spend much money. <laughs> don't spend money on Yeezys. This is not a reparations check. 
but um, the reparations conversation will continue. Shout out to Native Americans, because if y'all if y'all are opposed to ADOS, you have every right to be, and I understand that too. So, you know, what it is, we just need to come together as Black people and be strong, especially yeah. in these times. We need to come Equality together. for all. We, we just need to embrace each other because, like, it's some of the stuff is fake. We're all, like I said, if you start doing a DNA test, we're all related mm-hmm, because of the mm-hmm. slave trade. Like, there, I've been connected to people in Nigeria, but I'm afraid to contact them because of scamming. But, um, <laughs> you know, like I said, tons of... Don't get a Yahoo boy. Exactly. I'm not going to get a Yahoo, I'm afraid. But we're related, <laughs> as well as tons of African-Americans and obviously people in... Uh, all over Jamaica and Puerto Rico. Tons of people match me from Puerto Rico, which is mm-hmm. interesting. Um, and as more people test, it's like we're truly genetically related. So we don't need to be, we're family and don't need to be divided. Yeah. And the wise words of Bob Marley, one love. Exactly. All right. Well, I think we should end yes, on that. Love it. Well, thank you, Miss Slim. Thank you, Miss Trinity, for coming through. You're so welcome. Thanks for having us. And this has been episode 46 of Gab with Gwen. I think we're going to keep the title that Miss Trinity said earlier, which was, what was it that you said that I like? Gatekeepers of Blackness. Yeah. (laughs) All right. It's been real. Thank you, everyone. Till next time. Peace.